Perhaps I was talking when I should have been listening. No matter what happens, you've got to hang on. Johnny, relax. Now you give him everything he wants, you understand? Now let's see what happens when we mix these two elements together. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you are now listening to the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast. Welcome back to the Relentless College Entrepreneur Podcast. It is Season 5, Episode 9. The second to last podcast episode that I will be releasing. You know, I've thought about it, and maybe I might have a day or two that I randomly end up posting something, but for in-stone purposes, there'll just be this one and the very last one. This one is going to be a little funky because I want to talk about one thing and then also review a book. So it's kind of a mixture of both. Hang in there. I think it's really going to help the audience. And I think this is a, a really good listen to a podcast episode. First of all, I want to talk about success and the way it's measured in the path, the journey, everything that someone goes through. And to summarize that is it's not defined easily. Everyone's path is vastly different. There's not a set thing you can do or set ob different actions or ways that you can make your life more successful. There's ways that you can do better in life, sure, but it's it's hard to say what exactly is going to amount to success. And I think a lot of it is failing, and it's what we learn from our failures is what is going to help us succeed at the end of the day. You're, you, I've said it all so much on the podcast that there's so many people that have failed. Michael Jordan, there's been Bill Gates, like all these people that are huge. They don't look, no one looks at their failures deep down. They just look at where they're at today and like, wow, that person's super successful. There's no way if we looked at all those per people, we can, yes, they have different routines, so to say. They have, and they all can fit within a certain category and how they learn, do things. All at the end of the day work super hard, but a construction worker works super hard, right? Like, do you, and I'm not saying I'm construction management major, I'm not dismaying construction people at all because they work super hard and if it weren't for them we wouldn't have the infrastructure that we have today in the united states and in the world entirely so success is widely based on perspective of oneself and i think success should be measured in passion not necessarily what's in your bank account and the reason being is because you should never work a day in your life that's something i've learned from day one, my dad's taught me is that work doing something you love, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how much money you have in your bank account. Yeah, sure. You need financial freedom at the end of the time. Like you, there's a hundred percent, you need to be smart with your money and everything, but you shouldn't just focus on the aspect of making money. Because if you go after that, you are probably going to make more money, of course, but you're going to sacrifice working, you're going to end up working. Because if you do something you truly love, it doesn't feel like work. And that's what the main objective is, at least from my perspective. And your perspective could just be money. And, you know, that's completely fine if that's what makes you happy. But it, at the end of the day, of course, you need shelter. You need a roof over your head. You need food. So you can't volunteer your entire life, you know. So there's 
obvious barriers that cause that, but it's the happy medium of finding a job that pays, you know, pretty well. And also something you're super passionate about to where you are super excited to get up Monday and go to work. And I know before you jump to a conclusion that I, I've talked about this and some things circulate on the podcast that end up coming again, but it's just reestablishing what I believe other people should believe in in order to have the life they want to have and the journey they want to have. And of course, there is no perfect linear life. Things come up and challenge your life 100%. There's depression, anxiety. There's things that happen in life that you can't control. And it's the things that you can control that determine your character and what you could be. And it's really your mindset that is going to establish and make you be able to have the life you want to have. And failure is inevitable. It's going to happen. But you fail fast and you get up and you keep on going. You fail, you get up and you keep on going. If you have to fail 100 times, I guarantee you, you're going to have one success out of that 100 failures. You're probably going to fail more than you succeed. And it sucks. I know that feeling. And I could tell you what I do. But at the end of the day, I realized everyone's different and everyone's perspective is different on life and how they want to live it. And maybe they might have been, you might not even think about like you're in college right now. You're like, I haven't given it too much thought. Or if you're older and you have a job and you've kind of gotten into this routine to where you just feel kind of like a zombie, like you just live day in and day out and maybe you live for the weekends. And if that's what makes you happy, then hundred percent go for it. But it's about passion and living the life and making people's lives better and giving because you fulfill yourself you fulfill yourself in doing so and giving to others and helping out others around you and that's why you should always seek to help other people when the time comes around and not turn heads and look around and see like oh uh is anyone else gonna help this person or no you help them because that's what everyone else is thinking and you got to think different so success widely measured in different ways and it's all a part of the journey but what i can tell you is if you want to be successful i do know a characteristic from the many books i've read is that you have to be willing to do what 99 percent of other people aren't gonna do and that's maybe staying coming in earlier to work and then leaving last first into work last out of work or first into class last out of class being extra and striving to be your best, maybe meeting with teachers out of class, gaining a personal relationship to further your education or maybe your boss, whatever it may be. It's a, it's things that you do, even the micro changes, what I learned from, uh, I talked to the CEO of Penheads and he talked about and emphasized micro changes make an exponential difference in life. And there's these little things that you can do and make a habit like I talk about in that Atomic Habits, another podcast episode, that it ends up coming in full and all these little micro changes ends up making you way better off. And it's really what you do with life and the, the changes that you make and willingness you are to be different from other people and put in more work. Because I can tell you right now, not everyone's going to get up at 5 a.m. I know that. You, you have the curve beat if you can get up at 5 a.m. I personally wake up around 6 a.m. There's no reason personally right now in my lifetime to be waking up any earlier than that. Just I'm able to finish and be productive with waking up at 6 a.m. So what I'm getting at is that 
you're completely fine. If you're happy in life and you wake up at 10 a.m. and then go to bed at 3 a.m. every day, like that's your life and that's your perspective and you can live that and you're happy. What At the end of the day, as long as you're happy, that's a good life. And if you're not, that's when you need to realize you need to pivot and change, whether it be a job or a major or the person in around you in your life. Like that is based on your perspective and success like i've been saying is measured in vastly different ways so you can't just look at bill gates and be like okay this is the, this is what he did so this is what i need to do in order to be successful no everyone's life is different uh, different time periods there's different circumstances different ways that they grew up living there's so many factors vastly that are in people's lives that differentiate one person from another that it's not going to you're not going to have the perfect situation as bill gates or maybe you have a worse situation maybe you have a better situation it all is vastly perspective and there's thousands of factors that go into it but it's thinking about what you want in life and going after it and realizing that it's not all about money of course financial freedom is the what we want at the end of our uh, career or retirement but be happy at the same time. Now that I kind of dove into how I measure success, I want to pivot into a book called Blink. And it's by Malcolm Gladwell, a really popular book. And it's basically the power of thinking without thinking. That's the main objective of this. And it was talking more about your decisions in life, your intuition of your decision making, and how it might not be the best. And over the course of humans, you know, growing and evolution within them, uh, as we grow into different eras, is a second, there's a much faster strategy to be developed in processing and thinking of things. And it's uh, quick as lightning and the unconscious makes snap judgments based on gut feeling rather than thorough analysis and that was a big key is a lot of people make it on gut decisions and then other people like can do instead of thorough analysis and there's different decisions which those two can fall within because doing that you might be you don't even subconsciously realize the thousands of decisions that you make a day like oh what do i want to eat oh do i want to put this on my salad oh do i want to pull out my phone right now oh what do i want to look through my phone right now oh do i want to scroll through the feed do i want to look at videos what like do i want to watch youtube oh what type of youtube video do i want to watch oh um what podcast episode should i talk about today like there's so many decisions that we don't even rationale it it like it's just so many that our, our brain makes a day and it's based on gut feeling and maybe not thorough analysis and a newer better decision making strategy allows brains or brain power to unload some of the strain of the complex thorough process to the unconscious so beneath the surface under the surface we don't know like to us the con unconscious part of our brain processes situations in a blink of an eye and makes decisions out of the best course of action and what we believe from our perspective and our mind thinks from many people tend to only trust their conscious judgments and are uneasy about decisions based on their feelings and intuition so 
Our unconscious can differentiate between relevant and irrelevant information within a split second. And that might not be the best in every case scenario because if you try to analyze every bit of information, you'll find it difficult to make an accurate prediction because lots of little pieces of irrelevant information hide few big relevant ones. So like in a, a big book, a Harry Potter book or something, like if you try to analyze every single page and remember every single page, it's just not going to happen and you might end up skipping the important parts. And for an example, if you're busy observing a couple's feet or a posture and their chit chat, you might miss the more crucial indicator of that situation, which is their glances at each other and their facial expressions. That may be a better predictor within that situation. Our unconscious makes precise decisions and this distinction for us. And by differentiating between important and unimportant information, it swifts through the part of our perception most needed to make accurate judgments, which might not always be the best thing. So we make far more snap judgments than we realize and often invent rational explanations for them later. Many people tend to trust facts and figures above feelings and intuitions, which is why they usually come up with logical explanations for their snap judgments after making them. So for an example, after a football match, a goalkeeper might attribute to his great saves during the game to simply, in quotations, being in the right place at the right time. Even though this explanation doesn't reflect really what went through his head at the time, this automatically reacts to the shot of the goal that came from his unconscious. And similarly, our consciousness explains regarding our ideal romantic partners have very little connection to whom we really end up liking. We can go on and on about the most important traits our future partner should have, but when we meet someone, we don't run through that list that we wish the person that we were looking for had. Instead, we just know intuitively if we like them. And more often than not, our intuition decisions run counter to the rational, compiled list of desirable characteristics we had before. Our decisions are greatly influenced by our unconscious associations. So there was a president elected after World War II. His name was Warden Harding, and he actually was... A lot of people say he was the worst president in pres like president's history because people voted for him because, in quotations, he looked presidential. He looked like an official guy. But the thing was is that he had no real skills or merits to show himself that he belonged in that position and today is known as one of the worst presidents to ever take office because – People judged based on looks and missed the more important things. So as you can kind of see right now is that the main message is to look at perspective. Just not every time our conscious mind in the split second when we consciously think about something doesn't always make the right decision. And we don't always look in the right places to understand what really is important. And stress can 
make us temporarily not see other things around us and drive us to wrong judgments, which is exactly what happened to Warden Harding, Warden Harding when we elected him as the president. So people can be blind to nonverbal signals, and they only understand explicitly transmitted information and aren't able to read other people's faces. So this is also known in autism, a disability in which you only understand like the words, not necessarily people's, how they feel or the hints that they give. So when, and I've worked with autistic kids and it was a really big learning moment for me because I learned to be patient and that I had to work on different things aspect to my life because, you know, not everyone's perfect and I had to work and understand and it taught me a lot and I, I'm very grateful to have be a peer tutor in my high school at Fisher's High School because it taught me so much and within these kids I just loved being with them because they ended up being way cooler than I thought like in the beginning I guess I was blinded by the fact that you know I've never really talked to people that are fat like different in that in that situation and I truly loved my kids that I was helping peer tutoring and it wasn't even pure tutoring. I ended up becoming friends with them. And I think that mindset is what some people mind, like they have that physical disability, absolutely. But other people can have the autism center, um, symptoms as well. When we're thinking about things and we might not understand or we not might not pick up the nonverbals in conversations. And an example is like, in, it could even be what we're looking at and we're not listening to someone or whatever we're doing, we're not focusing on the more important thing and we could be blinded to not viewing a situation or getting the important things. And this is what tunnel vision really is. And for an example, sometimes this causes police officers to shoot innocent people because they focus intently on the possible threat of a weapon that really ends up possibly in situations being like a, a wallet that they're pulling out and they think that's threatening, but it doesn't end up being threatening. They're looking solely for something, but it's not necessarily what they need to be looking for. Although I know there's training and I'm not a professional, so I don't understand it like that, but that's what the book kind of talked about. And so if you want to avoid these type of like symptoms being blinded by things, it was that you need to slow down and reduce the stress in your environment. The worse the stress, the more likely you'll become temporarily unable to see what's really important. And beyond a certain stress level, the logic process stops completely and people are very unpredictable. So it's staying within that mindset and trying to, you know, that that's the trouble because we're taught certain ways, we grew up certain ways, so we think certain ways. So given that, it's hard to retrain our mind through different circumstances and things that come up in everyday life, uh, our day-to-day situations. And that's what's important from this podcast and takeaway is, you know, analyzing everything because our brain makes snap decisions and they not always are the best snap decisions. And every now and then you have to slow down and really think about it and analyze, but not slow down too much. There's a happy medium because If you analyze all the information, you might miss the important information.
And the market research is not always a good indicator of true customer behavior. There was a circumstance where Coke did a survey on a new Coca-Cola because like a new formula to their drink because Pepsi, it was a statistic that people like Pepsi more and it tasted better. So they were trying to do their experiment and survey with different people with their new Coke. They ended up testing it and it was a hit within that survey test that they did. The problem was is that they only told the person to take a sip when in reality, everyone, it, no one's in that situation where they're asked to take like a survey and take a sip. It's more or less, they go to their fridge, open a Coke can, sit on the couch and enjoy sip by sip and end up drinking the whole can. And that's something the survey failed to see. And because of that, ended up being one of the biggest flops in company history because it did terrible in the market, the new Coke. It was called the new Coke, and it was it did terrible in the market. It ended up being taken off the market because it did so bad. And it was what they learned from it and what we can learn is the fact that they didn't analyze everything and they didn't they, – they kind of made a snap judgment because of a survey, but they didn't do a thorough survey. And again, in some situation, it depends on the situations. That's what's tough about it, that you need to understand when things are important to take a deep dive and understand thorough analysis. And then sometimes they're just gut feelings. And that's within our perspective that we live. And the main takeaway with the to consider with the market research is that consumers tend to rate particular innovative products negative, negatively in the initial test because of the fact that consumers just have to get used to products that are new and unfamiliar before they start to like them. To ride yourself of your prejudices, go out and experience new things. That was another thing and it's it, we change our mindset and perspective when we talk to other people that we normally wouldn't talk to and understand maybe the and that's what I was talking about when I became a peer tutor and I understood, you know, it wasn't my friend group, the people I'm used to. I was able to get a different mindset and I, I learned so much more from these kids and I loved them to death. Like we ended up hanging out after school. Like I could tell that they were so excited in my presence and I was so excited in their presence because we ended up having fun and doing all types of different stuff. And a thing I want to throw out there, and I didn't bring up like autism to be negative or like I was more so bringing up the fact like it compares to like how sometimes we think we might have like uh, not able to see nonverbals or the important things. So I, I, I really do mean no hate, no harm or anything like that. Like I've I've honestly have vastly a different perspective because I grew up in high school when I wasn't a peer tutor like I didn't really understand it, but I wasn't a person to necessarily, you know, make fun or anything like that. But it was, I wanted to try something different and I became a peer tutor and ended up be making friends and learning so much from them. So I think getting out of your comfort zone and trying new things, like I've always talked about on the podcast is amazing because you get to in vastly different perspectives, different cultures, like get out. And when I went to California, like I sincerely was the only white person there and the culture was completely different. It was more of a Mexican tradition and there was like 
really like it was completely different very diverse and nothing like i've ever experienced but i ended up learning so much more within a culture and i'm really glad and it was super cool to see like things that are done differently how you know just watching kind of people watching and seeing like people do things different than they would in indiana and california it was very interesting perspective to have so get out of your comfort zone and understand other people's perspectives because it's going to help you at the end of the day if you want to avoid bad snap judgments ignore all irrelevant information i'm not going to dive deep into that topic but it, because within the topic i could go on and talk about it but at the end of the day i want to reestablish it if you want to avoid bad snap judgments ignore the irrelevant information because there's a bunch of irrelevant information. And again, it can sometimes be hard to understand irrelevant information. But in order to overcome this problem, you need to understand that you have to be able to filter out certain type of things. In final summary, the human brain can make snap judgments in a blink of an eye. In certain situations, these snap judgments are far superior to conscious analysis, whereas sometimes they can lead to bad choices and unfair appraisals to others. And some actionable advice, if you're launching a new product or talking to a new person, or whatever it may be, trying something new, make sure you get feedback under realistic conditions because we see it all too much. We ignore a lot of information and we're blinded by the real information from a conversation, maybe launching a new product, trying something new, getting out there, whatever it may be. And it's really starting to sink in now that I have one more episode of dusting the mic off and giving it my all. I have some ideas of what I want to do. And this season might have seen seemed not like the best, but I was able to really be true to myself and give what I want to give. And, and so I, I'm very passionate about other than just having guests on. It's nice to have guests on. And I had a few, I believe, I think two on this, maybe just one. But nonetheless, I think a lot because it really is when I read a book, it is like having a guest on the show. And I think it's going to really help the audience and you become a better person within a growth mindset within your own perspective and your own journey because everyone's is vastly different like I was talking about in the beginning. I think I'm going to have a really cool episode next week and I'm going to be working hard on it to make sure that I really go out with a bang and leave a memorable podcast episode. With that being said, I'll see you the final time the next podcast episode this has been the relentless college entrepreneur podcast catch you guys next time